It's April, Earth Day month. Happy temperatures, spring blossoms, and fresh veggies. The bunnies are out, and so should we. This is a time to get a healthy dose of nature back into your life, get moving, and help your body transition from winter to spring and summer. The best way to do that is exercise and detoxification. And that's our topic today. Spring into action. Detox with whole foods. Here on An Organic Conversation, your show on everything that makes life worth living. I'm Helge Helberg. It's so nice. We've had some incredibly beautiful weekends here in the San Francisco Bay Area in recent weeks. The much-needed rain has come to an end, and after seven years of drought conditions, we are rewarded with an abundance of life and colors. It's one of the greenest springs in years, as far as I recall, here in Northern California. So today, we want to create that sense of health and abundance and vibrancy for all of us, internally. After months of sluggish winter weather and much less activity and heavier foods, we want to jumpstart our metabolism, flush out the body and gut from all the sugars and toxins, lighten up and feel amazing. With a nutrition expert that can help us to spring into action, detox with whole foods. All that and more coming up in just a minute here on An Organic Conversation. I'm Helge Helberg, and this show is brought to you by Equal Exchange, a worker-owned cooperative that ensures your food is environmentally sound and socially just. Equal Exchange has been creating big change for small farmers for over 30 years by offering certified organic and fair trade coffee, tea, chocolate, bananas, and avocados. More on Equal Exchange at equalexchange.coop. That's equalexchange.coop. And by Utterly, offering beautiful and fun clothing for boys and girls that is made entirely from the unused fabric of prominent apparel manufacturers. Each garment reduces our eco-footprint by preventing this fabric from reaching the waste stream. Utterly, making sustainability fashionable and fashion sustainable. For more information, utterly.co. That's U-T-T-E-R-L-Y dot C-O. And we are back here to an organic conversation. I'm Helge Helberg. After months and months of winter weather, where we spent most of our time inside, enjoying heavier foods and perhaps more sweets, we want to jumpstart our metabolism and flush out the body, and especially the intestinal tract, the gut, from all the sugars and toxins, and lighten up and feel amazing through the introduction of a healthy fresh food diet, and so much more. Spring into action, detox with whole foods. That's our focus in this hour Often again, a conversation. And on the phone with me now is Amy Valpone, the author of Eating Clean, the 21-day plan to detox, fight inflammation, and reset your body. She's joining me today, hopefully, from New York City. Amy, are you with us? I am. Hi, thanks for having me. <laughs> Welcome to the show and shout out to New York City. I was just saying in my intro, it's spring is exploding. It's the greenest after seven years of drought here in Northern California. The, the rain that has come this year in abundance has unlocked seeds that were in the soil for 
you know, several years. I've, I don't recall a greener spring. It's beautiful. How is it in New York? It's amazing. You know, it was a little chilly the last few days, but today and yesterday were the first, I think, two days of spring. So it's 60 degrees. It's sunny. You know, everyone's outside in, like, shorts. It's kind of hysterical. We yes. get very excited. We get very <laughs> excited here in New York City. <laughs> and that's really the angle of the show. We want to get people to invite that that spring abundance, that power that we see outside the window now into our diet, into our own metabolism. The sluggish winter months are gone, heavier foods where we perhaps ate more sugar uh, during the holidays, certainly slow metabolism. What is the time of winter and the transition into spring? Uh, what's happening there in the body and why is it so important to really reset? When we're in winter, our body's really in this relaxed stage and we kind of go into this hibernation and a lot of us, you know, really what we want to be doing is eating warm cooked foods so that we're keeping our body warm, our body temperature warm. So we're using the turmeric and the curry powders and the cinnamons, and we're cooking really warm vegetables. But as spring comes around and summer and, the, you know, the warmer weather, these cooler foods are a lot easier for us. So we see more fresh mints and salads and certain raw vegetables that people can eat and more fruits. So it's more, you know, conducive to your body when you're eating seasonally, which is why so many people always say, you know, eat with the seasons. And so when you're eating these berries in the spring and the melons in the summer and more of those roasted sweet potatoes in the winter, that's really, it's so important because your body, which I didn't realize until far into my healing journey, the body really take, gets such an umph, if you were to say, or energy from those specific mm -hmm. foods in those certain time periods. So I'm not saying that if you ate a, a roasted sweet potato in the middle of July in Manhattan that you would be sick from it. That's not what I mean at all. But I mean, if you were eating a, a, a really warm sweet potato on a hot summer day here in Manhattan, you'd be burning up. <laughs> yeah, and it so, doesn't even you know, really fit right when you say yeah, it, right? It's so clear I mean, that the body knows what it what it needs. Exactly. And as I've gone through this journey, I have learned how to even just tap into my body at a different level and just learned how to see what my body wants. Whereas when I was younger, I would just eat the same things or eat whatever was in front of me or whatever was you know around me in the food store. But now, I mean, we have strawberries in the middle of January here in New York City. So I'm not saying that we shouldn't be eating berries in January, but we really, you can look more for those seasonal foods mm -hmm. and your body, you know, if you see it, your body and your digestion will really, you'll see a big difference. And in the Bay Area, in San Francisco, in, in California, we are in a different climate zone, meaning you can forget, at least in a dry winter, in November or December or January, that it is actually real winter. We have almost year-round production in, in produce, and so much more expressed and extreme, of course, in most other parts of the country. There is a, a time regardless of hibernation, right? There's a, mm -hmm. a time when we are supposed to recover, recoup, be inward, really, literally, literally and figuratively, take a balance. It's the end of the year. It's the beginning of the new year. So the body has this biorhythm in winter, it sounds like, that is not unlike hibernation, like what a bear would do, much, much slower metabolism as a direct reflection, as you said, of what is available, of what's, what's coming in. Yeah, and it's just interesting, too. I mean, as you see, there's so much anymore, even just walking into a food store. I mean, the farmer's markets obviously are different. The farmer's markets are more seasonal. But you just walk into a regular food store, and you can get anything you want any time of the year. And that's not how it was, you know, even just a few years ago. So it's really just getting back more in tune with your body and seeing, you know, what are those anti-inflammatory whole foods that I can really reach for that are in season. Because you'll feel a lot better when you're eating them you know, when it's this particular season. Great. And that brings us already inflammation you're throwing in. Which organs or what, what is part of that body resetting? Which organs are the most affected by winter and then need to be woken up, so to say, or could be supported in spring? And why is detoxifying the body so important? Yeah, so detox has just really just blown my mind the last 10 years. So I went through 10 years of chronic illness. I mean, You name it, I had it. And you can read about my whole full story uh, on my website and obviously in my book because it's, it would take an hour just to even go through it. But um, what I had to realize was that I had gone through the Western medicine route. I was on disability from my job. I was on steroids, painkillers, water pills. 
And what I were you experiencing? If you if you just can you know summarize it in a couple of minutes, but uh, um, it would be nice to know the frame of your personal healing and personal experience. What was happening was my legs actually it came out of the blue. My legs started swelling up with about forty pounds of water weight every day when I was in my twenties, and no one could explain what was going on. And so when they did blood work on me, they found that my blood work was literally a mess. I mean. Everything that you can imagine that's off was off. I mean, hemoglobin, platelets, white blood cells, red blood cells, my thyroid, my liver. They wanted to do a liver biopsy on me. They sent me in right away for a bone marrow biopsy because they thought I had leukemia. And they even actually sent me out to Mayo Clinic in Minnesota for a week uh, workup and gave me another bone marrow biopsy a few months later because no one could figure out what was wrong with me. And so after struggling for so many years and being on all these drugs and all of these new symptoms started coming up. Uh, I was bloated. I started losing tons of weight. My thyroid started tanking. Uh, my digestion was a mess. I mean, everything. My cortisol was through the roof. Everything just started to just go haywire. And so I ended up finding functional integrative medicine. These doctors are also medical doctors. What they do is they actually go a little bit beyond, or I should say a lot beyond Western medicine. Mm -hmm. And they say, okay, instead of just giving you a drug like these steroids, which were depleting my adrenals and actually toxic to my system. Yeah, we want to understand out, it, right? Why? Yeah. Exactly, exactly. So why is this happening? Why are your adrenals failing? Why is your thyroid failing? Why are you bloated? You know, how is the stress in your life? How is the love in your life? How are you eating? What infections do you have? And so through functional integrative medicine, they discovered all of these things. It was it was unbelievable. All these things that Western medicine had missed. And I mean, I went to a handful of Western medicine doctors and Mayo Clinic, and they missed Lyme disease. They missed hypothyroidism, chronic candida. They missed everything from heavy metals because Western medicine only tests the heavy metals in your blood. So unless you went out and just ate like a whole pound of sushi, tuna, you wouldn't really get the, that reaction. So you have to do this special urine test and chelate it through integrative medicine. Um, and mold. So my mold was off the charts, which a lot of us know mold affects so many different health issues. So I always had sinus infections and all of these things. But these Western medicine doctors just kept putting me on more drugs. And so I got to the point where I said, you know, enough's enough and I'm going to take charge of my health and figure this all out. And so that's what I did, and, and what I learned through this process is that detox is not what you read about in some of these magazines that you may see, you know, detox for five days on this or two-day detox. The, the word is thrown around very, you know, almost too loosely. much. Loosely, uh -huh. yeah. Yeah, very loosely, and I found that detox is it's really a medical term, and so when I had Lyme disease and mold and heavy metals and candida, you know, detox was getting those toxins and those bad bugs and those viruses out of my body. And that's detox. So for instance, one form of detox is eating organic. And why? Because when we eat organic, you're not eating those pesticides and herbicides and growth hormones and antibiotics in the actual foods you're eating. And no one even thinks about this. I mean, for 30 years, I didn't even think about it. But when you're eating all those growth hormones, antibiotics, pesticides, herbicides, those are toxins. And so they're going through your liver and your gut and affecting the lining of your gut, which leads to something then called leaky gut, which, you know, can lead to obviously autoimmune disease. But the biggest problem is that everything that you eat, which I'm sure you know this as well, it has to be filtered through your liver. So people will say, oh, the body detoxes itself. That's why you have a liver and that's why you have all these organs. And I completely agree with that. Like, yes, that, that is why we have these organs, but it's 2017 and we are bombarded by more toxins than we have ever been bombarded by before. You wake up in the morning, you're, you're brushing your teeth with toothpaste that's full of tons of chemicals. You're, you're drinking the water from your tap water, which is full of tons of chemicals. You jump in the shower and your shampoo and conditioner and your soap is full of chemicals that you're putting on your skin, which is your biggest organ which is getting absorbed into your body and your liver. And, you know, no one really thinks about this. Every, all the foods that we eat are surrounded by plastic, as we hear, does tons of different things with our hormones and can throw our bodies off. You know, there's toxins everywhere, car exhaust, 
you name it. But the point is not to be freaked out or scared or be living in fear, but to realize that, you know, yes, years ago, we didn't need to be detoxing and we could just go and eat, you know, our grandparents could go and have milk and red meat or eat these things and not worry about if it was organic or where the chemicals are coming from. But in this day and age, sadly, with everything that's going on, we do have to worry about it. And it doesn't yeah, even it point. doesn't even start with the morning, right? You already spent the night on a most of the time yeah. non-organic mattress. So totally. wh wherever you dive in, yeah. you're right. We have to deal with way more environmental uh, conditioning than than ever before. Can I ask, with the mold and just I'm sure there are people who are experiencing conditions or chronic conditions. Lyme's disease is uh, most of the time through a tick bite. What was the mold source in your in your life? Was that not obvious? Yeah, you know what? I actually still have no idea where the mold came from, which I think is just mind-blowing because no one could ever figure out where the mold came from, which was actually scary because I had the mold. I had my apartment in Manhattan tested. I had my parents' home tested. The mold test that I had done, it showed that the mold didn't come from food. It came from my you know, environment. And so wow. what's really interesting is that I've done a bunch of excuse me, articles on this, and I've written about this extensively in my book, is that There's something called methylation, and it's, it's really your body's ability to detox on a daily basis. And so 35% of the population is missing this gene to detox. So we have two, you know, you have two SNPs in every gene. So I'm missing one of them, and 35% of the population is missing one of them. So what that means is that, for example, say you and I grew up together in the same house, we're brother and sister, there is mold in the house, we're not eating organic, You know, we do everything the same, we're eating the same, we have the same stress level, yada, yada. And all of a sudden, we become 20 years old and you end up sick and I'm fine. Mm -hmm. And the doctor or the government will say, well, it's, it's not the mold, because if it was the mold, the whole house, you know, everybody would be sick. But that's not true, because you were born without this, you know, one of these ports of your DNA, one of these genes that's called MTHFR. And so your ability to detox on a daily basis is handicapped compared to mine. So every generic, or I'm sorry, every, not every GMO apple that you're eating, every, you know, all the car exhaust, the tap water, all of these toxins start to accumulate over time in your body. Whereas me, if I, if I do have this gene, I'm sweating them out, I'm urinating them out, the toxins are coming out in my feces, I am able to detox these toxins. But you, on the other hand, the plastics and the pesticides and herbicides, all this stuff is accumulating in your body. And so, you know, your body becomes toxic and yeah. everybody's body reacts, as we know, completely differently. I mean, one person could get autoimmune disease, one person could get cancer, one person could get sinus infections, another person could have chronic gut issues. It, you know, it manifests so differently in all of us. And so sure. that was really mind-blowing for me because I thought, wow, it, it really just turned the light bulb on to say, now I realize I'm not crazy. You know, because you think you're nuts after everyone else is totally fine and you're the one suffering with all these symptoms. Yeah, and when, so, we, um, when we talk about smoking uh, and the, the 96-year-old uh, smoker that smokes a pack a day for 60 years to then say, oh, see, smoking is not toxic. Of course, there's always the person who can deal with one condition better than another. But you're talking about biochemical individuality, which we talk about uh, on this show a lot of what affects one person is completely unique. So in your case, you didn't even have a mold source and you had high mold levels in your in your system, as an example. So just know, you know best if you don't feel perfect, if you don't feel optimal. Mm -hmm. Can you talk about which organs, we're gonna go to a break to honor our underwriters real quick, but before the break, can you talk about which organs will we be discussing the most? Which organs are the most affected? You mentioned liver, of course, as one of the, critical organs in our bodies, which other ones are, are you addressing through a whole foods diet? Definitely. So, I mean, every organ is affected, but mainly my main focus was on my liver. But, you know, for everything to work in tandem, you've got to really, you've got to address your adrenals. You have to address the thyroid. You have to address your gut because your gut is where 70% of your immune system lives. Mm -hmm. So if you have candida or small intestinal bacteria overgrowth or you know, some kind of parasites or pathogens or something in your gut, you're going to manifest some sort of asthma or arthritis or some sort of ailment because 70% of your immune system is already compromised. So 
that's why probiotics and, and really eating a clean, whole, organic diet and living this lifestyle is so important. But again, every what I've realized is that every organ is everything is connected. There were sure. times when I wanted to heal the liver or heal the gut, and it can be very frustrating because you're trying to do everything at once. Yes. Just doing one thing, and then if you're just trying to heal the thyroid, but you're not looking at your adrenals, your thyroid's never going to get better. Or this is a perfect example. I mean, I just kept working, working myself into the ground, and kept taking all my supplements and eating perfectly, and thinking I was going to heal. But there's a huge emotional component and energetic component through energy work like acupuncture and Reiki and all these other energy practices that have helped me beyond even supplements and functional medicine. Um, so I think it's everything combined. You have to look at the, you know, the mind, body, and the energetic part of your actual, um, of the actual, I should say, mind, physical body, and the energetic component of your body for really complete healing, which is exhausting. It's, and it's very frustrating. But I just try to inspire people and, and let them know that if it's something that I can do, you know, living here in Manhattan, anybody can do it. It just it takes time, and it's not, <laughs> it's, it's not a quick overnight fix. And so we will, and that's our focus in this hour, uh, to help you, our listeners, spring into action, detox with whole foods. And we will do this with our guest today, Amy Valpone. She is, of course, the author of Eating Clean, the 21-day plan to detox, fight inflammation, and reset your body. The website is thehealthyapple.com. And um, Amy, stay with us. We'll take a quick break, but we'll be right back with so much more. This show is brought to you by Bowman College, a leader in the field of holistic nutrition and culinary arts. Become a nutrition consultant or a natural chef at one of their campuses or learn from home in a self-paced mentored distance learning program. For more information on a degree in holistic nutrition or culinary arts, bowmancollege.org. And Fry Vineyards, America's first organic winery, family-owned and operated. Dedicated to the highest levels of organic and biodynamic farming, Fry never adds synthetic sulfites or other preservatives to their wines. Award-winning wines at frywine.com. That's F-R-E-Y-W-I-N-E dot com. And thank you also to Earl's Organic Produce, a national distributor of organic fruits and vegetables that has been sourcing solely organic produce for over 20 years. From grocery store to company cafeteria to caterers and personal chefs, anyone can buy from Earl's Organic. Certified organic produce at earlsorganic.com. Back here to an organic conversation. I'm Helge Helberg. Our topic is detox, detoxification from the sluggish winter months. And many people say, yes, that's the ability of the body to shed any kind of pesticides, any kind of toxins in the body that happens naturally. And we know now not so. Yes, we have that ability, but not Everyone has the same ability to the same degree to the same materials from mold to genetic engineering to pesticides to household cleaners. We are exposed to a huge amount and different varieties of industrial chemicals and the body can be supported. My guest today is Amy Valpone, the author of Eating Clean, the 21-day plan to detox, fight inflammation, and reset your body. Her website is thehealthyapple.com. Easy to remember, thehealthyapple. 
She's joining me today from New York City. And Amy, let's get into it. What can be done? It's beautiful how nature has our back. Fresh field produce is just about to be harvested, if not already in California being harvested. And how do you build a great practical, doable, healthy detox meal plan. And you said it's not about a three or five day detox. Maybe there can be something can be done for an intense week, but it's really an overall lifestyle plus maybe specified focus. Can you walk us through it? What's important? What are the cornerstones? Yeah, definitely. And so detox really, it's a lifestyle. It's not a diet. It's not something you can do over a weekend. Something that really you need to look at as a lifestyle. I mean, people who used to know me when I worked my old job in an office and lived this other lifestyle before I went through 10 years of chronic illness, probably look at my lifestyle and think it's completely odd and different. But when you go through something like this, and you know, someone had said to me, think of everyone's health like a balloon. And there's different things that will bump up against the balloon. Maybe you have a breakup, or you have a death in the family, or you get a parasite, and all these things sort of bump the balloon. But Once something pops the balloon and punctures that balloon, something really is like your tipping point, your trigger, your body, not that you're never the same ever again, but you for the rest of your life have to really take good care of yourself. And so I had a client last week that had said to me, well, I don't understand. I thought you were completely healed because I was telling her what I do. And I said, I am. But, you know, I can't just go back and go out on a Saturday night and go drinking for hours and dancing and go to run around to a bunch of meetings and try to do a million things, my cortisol will be, will be back up. And so I've had to learn how to really pull myself just into this space to really protect my energy, get the sleep that I need, and really learn how to cultivate this new lifestyle through detoxing on a daily basis. So eating organic and getting, you know, seven to eight hours of sleep a night through the circadian rhythm. So in bed by 10 o'clock, up by like six or seven o'clock. Whereas before I was in bed at 12 o'clock and then, or 1 a.m. and then up at 8 a.m. And so the problem there is that you're not getting that complete circadian rhythm cycle. And so your organs, every organ detox is at a different time in the night. And so every single night when you're sleeping, your body is detoxing. But the, every hour beyond 10 p.m. that you go past, your body doesn't have the ability to then detox those specific organs. It's, and you can look at the Chinese um, medicine, the clock, and in that sense, it kind of explains it a little bit better. But I never realized that. And so my adrenals, of course, were suffering, and my thyroid was suffering, and my liver was suffering. And so you, I think a lot of us just think of the physical body, like, oh, if I eat perfectly and I take all my supplements and, you know, I do everything I need to do, then I'll be fine. But for some people, that's fine. I mean, for some people hey, cutting out gluten, they feel a million times better. And, and that's great. But there's, there's some of us who have to go a little further and then a lot further and just keep digging and digging. And what I've realized is there's this energetic component, as I mentioned before, to all of us. And some of us just need more sleep than others. Some of us need more time digesting our food. Some of us need different things. And so I've realized that, you know, we're in this fight or flight mode as a society. A lot of us are in this non-stop, our cortisol's high, our adrenaline's high, we're running around, we've got a million things going on, the emails are coming in, and it's kind of like our ancestors who were being chased by a lion, but now we're being chased by your emails and your in-laws. The iPod, yeah. And, <laughs> yeah, it's, just, it's non-stop, but the problem is we're eating and we're sleeping during that time, whereas you should be eating and sleeping when you're in the rest and relaxation mode. Because if you're eating and trying to sleep when you're in this fight or flight mode, your food's not getting digested. And so then you have, um, you know, you have all of this undigested food that is going to lead to small intestinal bacteria overgrowth, parasites, pathogens, things like that. And then insomnia, obviously, when you're sleeping. And so it's really key to go beyond the food and the supplements. Yes, they're wonderful and we need them. But it's really key to go beyond that and say, Where in my life can I slow down and where in my life can I really start to get my body back into the rhythm or else you're going to keep going around the hamster wheel like I did for about six years wondering, oh, maybe I need to take more supplements or maybe I need to try a different doctor or just this constant gerbil in a cage. So to summarize, you're saying organic food, meaning a clean diet, before we even dive into what that means, but organic as much as possible, then sleep meaning in bed by 10 and if you don't fall asleep within the first 20 minutes half an hour 
your sleep pattern is interrupted, meaning that's something you should pay attention to if you lay awake for a couple hours and can't fall asleep, even though you might not be worried. But if your body cannot come down, um, that's something to pay attention to. And then being in a parasympathetic mode, meaning when you eat, unplug, don't look at your devices, uh, enjoy your food, pay attention to your food and relax, maybe take a few breaths before, say some words of gratitude, just to get you into a more relaxed state. Is that a fair summary? Yes, completely. completely. So really, the goal is to get your body into that sympathetic mode, you want to be rested and relaxed instead of in that constant Nervous. go, go, go. Great. So that's the framework. That's wonderful. If we dive into that a little bit more, as in organic food, what's a cornerstone of diet? What would you at least pay attention to? Or is there a generalized way of saying dairy as an adult is just not something I recommend? Or pay attention to how you feel or meat? Or what, what, do, you, what do you say in your yeah. book? So, you know, food is really interesting. I think food is definitely the gateway into healing. And for myself, I had to cut out gluten, dairy, soy, sugar, and really all processed foods. And so I take people through a 21-day plan in my book, Eating Clean, to show them step-by-step step how to remove these foods and then slowly add them in one by one. There's a very specific way to do it to see if you are reacting um, mm. to one of these inflammatory foods. And so there's people that are so against gluten and dairy and, all of, and meat and all these things. And from my point of view, Personally, I would never go back to gluten, dairy, or soy because they're just, for my body, highly inflammatory. Same with corn. But there's people that do great with dairy. And, and, and what I say personally with a lot of my clients is if you can eat dairy and you're not getting sinus infections or gut infections or mucus or any kind of health issues, you're in pretty perfect health and you feel good after you eat it, make sure you're drinking the best kind of dairy you can get or the yogurt or the cheese. Make sure it is literally from a store and a brand that you can trust that is obviously organic. Same goes with me. I keep my website and my cookbooks all plant-based, but I say in there, if you feel good eating a grass-fed steak, then I think that we should be listening to our bodies. I think one of the biggest struggles that I faced with my healing journey was that I tried to read every book and listen to what everyone was saying. And I'll never forget this. In my 20s, I read a book about how to be vegan. And this person was like, you've got to be vegan to be healthy and you can get all your vitamins and minerals. And then I read this book about this other person that said, you've got to be paleo and eat meat. You need meat. And I was like, wait a minute. I don't understand this. And then it dawned on me, like, you know, anyone can write a book and really write, you know, about their experience. And our bodies are all very different. We've all been through different traumas. We've all been through different emotional experiences, which alone have a huge impact on our body and our digestive system and our fight or flight mode. So I think that you really have to listen to your body. Now, I'm not saying that everyone should be going and eating dairy and steaks or processed foods. Definitely removing processed foods and, and sugar, you know, is a big part of it. But if you're at Christmas or you're at a birthday party and there's a cake and you want a slice of it, enjoy yourself. I personally, my immune system right now still can't do much yeast and sugar because, you know, my candida can come back. So I have to be very cautious of it. But I think for a lot of people, if you're getting sugar cravings, you know, you've got to look at your yeast. You've got to look at what you're eating. Are you eating enough protein? Are you eating enough healthy fat? A, a lot of women and men are not eating enough healthy fat, and that's leading to a lot of hormonal issues. And so that's, that's what happened with me, you know, because, you know, I grew up in the 80s, early 90s, and we had fat-free everything in the house. And so we're kind of brainwashed that fat is this bad thing. But once your thyroid and your hormones start to tank and all these healers and functional medicine doctors are, are telling you these good fats and you see you know, a rapid improvement, you're like, wow, the body really does need these nuts and seeds and avocados and really good, you know, oils, things like that. If you were to recommend to somebody, uh, of course, paying attention to how your body feels after you eat them and, and, and any other body symptom. It's really a conversation with your own body. But for you as a health practitioner, what would a breakfast, lunch, and, and dinner, not really with a recipe, but as a group, what would that look like to support detoxification or an extremely healthy diet that supports your body's functions? Yeah, so I mean, I and that's the reason that I keep a lot of my work plant-based because the leafy green vegetables and the broccoli and the cauliflower and the arugula 
dandelion root greens, all of those are the, those are your detox veggies. And so they're going to help pull toxins and excess hormones out of your liver. If broccoli and cauliflower bother you for, for gas and bloating, you can just have arugula or dandelion root greens. You know, those are just as good. I do Brazil nuts every day for good selenium for my thyroid instead of taking a selenium supplement. I do a lot of healthy fats. So I do avocados. Um, I do all nuts and seeds instead of, uh, except for obviously peanuts and pistachios, um, which can be, and sometimes cashews, which can be high in mold. So those are really, you know, good to stay away from if you think you might have a mold issue or candida. But, you know, it's really about forming that eating enough protein, make sure you're getting enough fat and then enough vegetables, you know, and carbohydrates. That's really what I base everyone around. But, you know, I have people that come to me that do great with tons of gluten-free whole grains, like quinoa and rice. And there are people that I know that do terrible eating grains. Everyone is different. I have people that have healed from autoimmune disease and cancers from being paleo or grain-free, and the same thing, people that have been vegan. So, again, it's, there's a lot about your genetic makeup in there, and if you have any of these, you know, methylation SNPs or some of these other DNA SNPs that can, be, that can impact your ability to detox and to heal. And so I think that's why it's really key to look deeper beyond food if you're still not seeing the results that you want especially for women, say, with hormonal issues. I have a lot of women coming to me who are gaining weight, but they're doing everything right. And so they're not realizing through Western medicine, Western medicine isn't looking at how is your body detoxing hormones. What are, you know, you have two detox pathways, detox pathway one and two. If one of those pathways is, is blocked or closed because you're not eating the nutrients in your food to allow your body to do that detox, then your body's going to be holding on to right. those toxins and holding on to the weight. So you can go run 20 miles at the gym and still gain weight. So as a spring tip right now, what else can someone do? You were saying, um, you know, cooked food in winter. Are you saying the diet should be more raw food-based or, or only lightly cooked? And then what other lifestyle choices can someone make right now listening to the show that you would say, here's a really good kind of, you know, outline of how to how to jumpstart your metabolism, your detox program, how you feel lighter and better. What what are the yeah, pieces? Yeah, definitely. So, you know, I I um, used to eat a lot of raw food, and I'll never forget an acupuncturist recently said to me, you know, your spleen and your kidneys are a mess because you're eating too many raw foods. You need to eat the warm cooked foods. And so I do a nice balance. And exactly what you said, lightly steamed, lightly cooked. You know, you don't need to be eating hot food in the spring and the summer. But, you know, you can have a nice salad uh -huh. or some other cooked foods if you want. But, yeah, you can definitely add in those fruits and vegetables that are coming into season now, like asparagus and, you know, different things that are coming in that you can eat raw or, you know, lightly steamed or blanched is even great. Um, but you don't need to, you know, be making those big stews and roasting things and heating up your, your home of when course. the weather starts picking up. <laughs> yes, and and what you said, diet, of course, critical and and a really big building block. Uh, but what else do you focus on? Oh gosh, well, you know, my next book, um, which I haven't started yet because I needed a nice break for about a year from my first one. But uh, my second, my first one was a cookbook, but it also talks about how to detox your cleaning supplies, your beauty products, and your food because your home, all the toxins that are around you, you know, all of this stuff that you have to think about beyond food, but. For the next book, I will definitely be diving more into the mind-body energetic component, which I'll be perfectly honest. I'm sure everyone listening can agree with me. That was the number one chapter that I skipped in every book I read. Because I always said to myself, this, maybe it's just me, but I know there's other people that are out there. I said, you know, how can meditation or mind-body or energy work? How can that really heal me? You know, I want a supplement or I want a food or give me something physical to heal me. And once I started going and doing energy work or slowing my life down and, you know, really tapping in and going inward and facing emotions that have been trapped in my body for years or traumas that we don't even remember that have kept our body in this fight or flight mode, your body can't heal even if you're doing everything right. And so there was a point in my journey when I was like, why is this happening to me? And then I something switched and I said, oh, this is happening for me, not to me, because it's, I'm meant to help people go beyond food. Yes, food is amazing. I'll keep writing cookbooks. Until the day I die and keep putting new recipes on my website, uh, thehealthyapple.com, until until the day ends when I don't want to do recipes anymore. But there's more than that. And I get hundreds of emails a week from people who are like, I'm doing everything right. I'm seeing all these doctors. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. I still can't fight disinflammation. My cortisol is still high. X, Y, Z. I still have arthritis, eczema, you know, psoriasis or 
whatever it may be. And so I realized there's this energetic component to all of us that we really have to dive into, which is tricky and not fun and ugly. And none of us really like sitting and looking at our emotions, but I've had to go, you know, just dive in a little bit deeper to the body. And um, I've really done it through my own personal experience and then, you know, help people with that. So it's been a really beautiful experience. It's long and, you know, to anyone out there going through any health issue, if I can tell you anything, there were days, trust me, where I wanted to give up and not keep living and wanted to die. And um, I did it all myself. I don't really know how I even did it. But I realized that when you're going through something this intense, you pretty much numb yourself out just to survive. And so you just stay in survival mode just to get through your day. And um, it's really key to just, if you could just take a step back and look, you could be doing everything right, but you're you're almost doing too much. It's like just learning how to let go a little bit and to breathe into your body, you know, and allow your body to just allow that energy to flow through you is, is going to help you tremendously. What am I ingesting? What am I putting on my body? What am I surrounding myself with? How can I detox all of it? Because as you said, detox is not a weekend or a week, but really a, a complete lifestyle, including then how can I detox my mind, right? How can I create these bubbles of meditation or what or nature walks, whatever it may be that works best for you to integrate that? Uh, we just had a show a couple of weeks ago on the impact of electronic devices and that they're basically yeah. offsetting yeah. the effect on a nature walk if you have them with you. And if you're on your phone while you're walking through a park, you might as well not. So mm -hmm. you are you're bringing this all into the context of decluttering or detoxifying your life and i think that's a really great broad and and holistic approach because it's not just fresh organic that's fresh organic diet is one component of it but if everything else is not aligned that alone most likely will not do and that is amy valpone who's joining us from new york city she's the author of eating clean the 21 day plan to detox fight inflammation and reset your body Thank you so much, Amy, for all your work. And please be in touch when your new book comes out. Can't wait. I definitely will. Thank you. And if I'm in San Francisco, I'll Thanks. let you know. Yes, please. Thanks for making the time Thank today. You. Great to have you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. And that's the focus in this hour on detoxification, spring into action, detox with whole foods, and with a lifestyle that is focused on detoxification Again, from skincare product, household, mattress, living room, bedroom, kitchen. This is the time not just to do spring cleaning, but also to do a spring detoxification. Amy's website is thehealthyapple.com. And we are staying with the topic of healthy fruits and vegetables. Here's the consumer update from the produce dock of what's in season, what to buy it, how to shop for it, how to store it, what to do with it. And actually, it is called what's in season. And with me now is not Earl Herrick, actually, but uh, from Earl's Organic Produce, the voice of the San Francisco produce market and Mr. Organic, but one of his national key star buyers, Ethan. Uh, are you with me, Ethan? Uh, yes, sir. How are you doing? How are you? <laughs> I'm great. How are you? I'm wonderful. Thanks, Thank thanks for making the time. The temperatures have finally really warmed up and the rain, the, the much needed and wanted and and love drain is kind of a, in our past. And what are we seeing right now? What What's the top item of the week for you? Asparagus. Oh, nice. So for me personally, that's my biggest commodity. So asparagus usually coming in right around or before Easter, depending on the year. How has the rain impacted? Is it a good year? Is it a strong crop? What are you experiencing? Well, with, uh, with the warm weather and the steady warm weather that really allows the asparagus to grow soil temperatures you know need to be between 68 and 72 degrees steadily for the plants to really efficiently grow asparagus so through april and you know pre-april we were having uh, quite a bit of weather and that was um tap dancing through the rain if you will trying mm -hmm. to get asparagus out of the ground currently good weather on the horizon we should see ample supplies coming out of the salinas valley 
Nice. And that means, of course, prices are coming down. Production is strong. When you buy them, how, what do you do with them? What do you look for? What's the best advice you have for the freshest asparagus when people purchase it? Well, I'll look for how green is the stalk, how green is the stem. You know, fresher asparagus will tend to have darker darker coloration to the stem. I'm going to look for I'm going to smell the bottom, believe it or not. I'll smell the, the cut end, and if there is no smell, that's a wonderful thing. If there is a smell, it'll tend to be on the fishy side, and you'll be able to note that that asparagus is on its way to becoming compost. Um, another tell will be the flower end, and what you'll want to look there for there is a nice closed flower um, with no little seed starting um, in between the flowers. And then there's the the trick that I've heard when you bend asparagus, it should it should snap, right? I don't know if you can do that in a in a grocery store. Would you recommend that, or is that actually not quite as telling? Well, yeah. See, I mean, you you would want to hear the snap more because the snap isn't good at the parrot. If you gingerly grab the or firmly grab the tip in the back end and snap it, that's the point. Everything above towards the tip, that's all the good tender stuff and everything down below is going to be the tougher stuff. That's more like in the kitchen when you finally, when you know it's fresh, there's no scent to it, there's no smell, the the tips don't look dried out, they're closed, it looks vibrant, and then you bring it home and that's where you would split the drier stock part from the upper part that you will eat? Correct, correct. On the retail rack, you probably don't want to go breaking open bands and snapping twigs at ears <laughs> of asparagus to make it brown. Um, another thing to look for would be shriveling or pitting on the sides of the stalk. Um, you want to avoid that because that means the asparagus been sitting around and hasn't hydrated well. What's your favorite use of asparagus? Or before, actually, how do you store that? In a glass of water or in kind of a, a, a rack where you have water at the bottom? Do you cut the, you the bottoms that. when you buy them first and then put them in water at the, in the fridge? Or what do you do? Uh, me personally, I buy asparagus and I use it as quickly as possible, so I really don't store it much. I have heard people do like to put uh, damp paper towel um, and place the asparagus upright, all banded on top of that damp paper towel. Don't necessarily need to soak it in water, just adding the spill something else in the refrigerator. Put a damp towel and the asparagus just sitting on top of that, and that'll keep the asparagus just fine until you're ready to use it. So you don't cut the bottoms half an inch just to give them like flowers to, to you know, create a new fresh cut? Yeah, that's always a good idea as well. And then with use, right now it's domestic asparagus, um, so that at home you want to eat it as quickly as possible, but still in the fridge it should last for three, four days. Is that correct? In some instances, three to four, you can even get seven days out of it, just depending on how fresh it was when you brought it home from market or if you got it at a farmer's market, how close to the source was it cut. Nice. And it's it's mostly domestic at this point, right? It's at least grown. In, in at this point, all the regions in the United States should be producing some type of asparagus. Asparagus grows all across the country, so Great. right now we should have good weather and people thawing out. And asparagus is you know, one of the first things to pop up in spring, which can actually be harvested and marketed. You as the expert and key buyer at Earl's to deal with asparagus, uh, what's your favorite recipe? Uh, do you use the bottoms too that you snap off to, for to make like soup or stock? Or what's the, what, what, how do you use asparagus best? What are a couple of recipes? My favorite is real simple, and that's sautéed with garlic and olive oil, not to the point of mushy, but sort of al dente and really get that nice green to come out and all those flavors. Sometimes <laughs> I'll throw in uh, rosemary or sage just to get a little, excite little, little excitement in there. But asparagus by itself, if it's fresh, it should be sweet. It should be unto itself an experience. So you know when you're using too much mayonnaise that it's probably pretty bitter and it's you know, probably not the greatest asparagus on your plate. So you really want to look for that nice fresh green asparagus. Above all, size doesn't necessarily matter. The thin ones, thick ones, you know, they're all the same age. They all come off the same plant. Oh, that's such a good point to end on. People sometimes ask, is that a different variety? They're really like pinky finger thick and then, of course, thumb th uh, thick uh, asparagus. Same plant, you're saying? Oh, absolutely. Mother Nature is full of variables and she doesn't make the same apple 600 times on the same tree. Each apple is its own unique thing. So just like asparagus, Generally speaking, the stuff that you see in the store, that's primarily what the plant produces. 
Mm-hmm. However, it will produce extra thick ones and it will produce tiny thin ones. And it just depends on what your preference is. They're all high in all the same vitamins and nutrients and they're all coming from the same plant. <laughs> and you don't have a preference between thick or thin or do you? Well, I like the thick ones because they're easier to keep on the fork. <laughs> yes, and maybe even the use, right? If you barbecue them, the tiny ones may right. fall through. I mean, it's really, you know, think about what you're going to do with them. Absolutely, absolutely. Love a it. Nice, a nice asparagus salad with the thin one with thin ones work really great because you get to use a good portion of the spear. Yeah, beautiful. Great. That is the key buyer of asparagus and the expert really at Earl's Organic, Ethan, joining us today for an update on asparagus, the item of the week. Thank you so much, Ethan. We'll have you back soon. Absolutely. My pleasure. Have a wonderful afternoon. <laughs> you too. Take care. Bye-bye. And there was a packed hour all about spring. It's April, it's spring, it's Earth Day month. And we talked about healthy fruits and vegetables, what's in season, and of course, detoxification using this time to look at your lifestyle, look at your diet and beyond with Amy Valpone, thehealthyapple.com, her website, Spring into Action, Detox with Whole Foods, our focus in this hour of an organic conversation. I'm Helge Helberg. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll be back with another episode next week. And that was this week's edition of An Organic Conversation. Thank you so much for listening. A big thank you also to our associate producer, Kristen Ponger. An Organic Conversation is made possible through listeners like you and the fantastic support of our underwriters. Equal Exchange, offering certified organic and fair trade coffee, tea, chocolate, bananas and avocados. More on Equal Exchange at equalexchange.coop. And Utterly, offering beautiful and fun clothing for boys and girls that is made entirely from the unused fabric of prominent apparel manufacturers, making sustainability fashionable and fashion sustainable. For more information, utterly.co. Also, Earl's Organic Produce, a national distributor providing certified organic fruits and vegetables for your store, home, or business. The website is earlsorganic.com. And Fry Vineyards, America's first certified organic winery, producing organic and certified biodynamic wine without synthetic sulfites or other preservatives. For more information, frywine.com. That's F-R-E-Y-W-I-N-E dot com. Lastly, thank you as well to Bowman College, focused on holistic nutrition and culinary arts for over 20 years. Their website is bowmancollege.org. That's B-A-U-M-A-N college.org. If you missed parts of this show or for any other episode, go to anorganicconversation.com or subscribe to our show on iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play, so you'll never miss an episode. And for more information, health tips, recipes, and your daily dose of inspiration, find us on Facebook and Instagram at anorganicconversation and on Twitter at Talk Organic. I'm Helga Helberg, and we'll be back with another great episode right here, same place, same time, next week. See you then.